Welcome to the podcast, a monthly podcast brought to you by Profitable Ideas Exchange. Your partner in strategic relationships and business development. We are your hosts, Aubrey Darden and TJ Dennis. Hey, Aubrey, happy Monday. Happy Monday to you too, TJ. How are you? So good. So good. Refreshed from the weekend. Aubrey, who do we get the pleasure of speaking to today? Well, we're really excited to welcome Arjun Dabda to the podcast today. Arjun Dabda oversees business development and growth for Publicis Sapiens Energy and Commodities Practice in Western Canada. Um, he's based in Calgary, and he's responsible for managing relationships with key clients across the oil and gas, utilities, and agricultural sectors. And he also leads partnerships with technology solution providers. Arjun is a business and technology leader with a little more than 23 years experience in development strategy, IT, and business transformation experience. He's become a trusted advisor to corporate executives that now weaves together strategy, tech, data, and people to deliver um, overall programs. He completed his undergraduate degree from the University of Calgary and his MBA from Queen's School of Business. We really enjoyed our conversation. Hope you do too. Let's jump into it. Okay, welcome everyone to this month's episode of the podcast. With us this month, we have Arjun Dabda. He is with Publicis Sapien and he is their Senior Director of Business Development for Western Canada. Uh, so before we jump into our interview, Arjun, would love for you to just briefly introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, you bet. Thank you for having me today. Uh, Aubrey and TJ. Yes, uh, my name is Arjun. You did pronounce that right. Thank you, Aubrey. We're already off to a great start. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a born and raised Calgarian and, and proud to be one. Um, in terms of my career, I've, I've spanned oil and gas, telecommunications, and here I am in professional services. I've got a beautiful family of five uh, at home who keep me grounded and sane and uh, help remind me why I do what I do every day. Um, in terms of my current role, you know, as you said, I, I do uh, head up our business development efforts uh, here in Western Canada for Publicis Sapient. Uh, I've been with the organization for just over two years now uh, and having a fantastic time. So pleased to uh, share with you whatever I can today and looking forward to the conversation. Outstanding. Thanks, Arjun. Okay, wait, before we jump actually into the meet, I this is going to come across so naive because I haven't followed a lot of hockey playoffs, but at one point in time, it sounded like you were riffing a lot with our team about hockey playoffs. Where are you at? It's, it's April 24th as of this recording. How are you feeling about hockey playoffs? Do you have a team still in the running? What's, what's going on in the wide, wide world of sports before we talk business at least? My, my knee jerk reaction is just to end this conversation and disconnect. Oh, okay. you're, you're, you're really bringing up a sore point, but uh, my no, apologies. It, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, all, all joking aside, it is definitely a hockey playoff season. Uh, unfortunately, my beloved Calgary Flames are on the outside looking in, uh, mm-hmm. which indeed has been a topic of discussion with your fellow. Uh, Pi colleagues, several of which who cheer for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, I am now following that team closely. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a bit of a sore point for us in Calgary, and and half of us pretend not to be following the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The other quarter are che- secretly cheering for the Edmonton Oilers, our arch rival. 
Mm. The other quarter mm. are just going for beer and nachos and enjoying the games. So <laughs> <laughs> all of them seem yeah. like fine options at the end of the Absolutely. day. I just, I just had to check in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that TJ even knew the playoffs were happening because I don't really follow sports. So lo- oh. <laughs> love to get the update from the hockey oh. world. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, excellent. Arjun. Well, let's just dive into our conversation here. So, um, in, in our work with you and, and the team at Publicis Sapient, we've heard that making friends, quote unquote, is paramount to your business development philosophy. So would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about how you take a relationship first approach in your business development strategy. And maybe if you could share an example or two of how this has impacted your company's success and growth since you've, mm-hmm. you've started with them. Yeah, you bet. Uh, you know, fostering relationships and and quote making friends uh, is something I take a lot of pride in, both in my personal and professional life. Uh, I feel very blessed to be in a career where this is actually a core element to, of what I get to do for a living. Um, you know, I'm a big believer that relationships and your network are probably the biggest currency uh, one has. Uh, and as I said, I'm, I'm very blessed to have the opportunity to, to have a profession where, where I'm doing this day in, day out. You know, one of the things I like to think about is the services we provide, we're not a commodity that one can go to their Amazon app, compare features and price, see if it's a four or five star rating and click buy. This is very much a, a, a business around relationships, around people. Uh, folks have choices, uh, folks meaning our clients have choices in terms of who they want to interact with, who they want to partner with, who they want to do business with. So for me, it's always thinking this is much more than a simple transaction. This is the long game. This is about a partnership. Uh, and it goes much deeper uh, than, as I said, just a transaction. So, you know, in terms of a couple of you know, I, I guess examples, you know, one I would say is is the power of saying no has earned a lot of credibility in my relationships. Uh, what I have found when asked, do you do X, Y, Z? Uh, it's much better to say, no, that's not in our core suite of competencies. Uh, you may be better off with, with somebody else, but hey, when it is in one of these five, please, please come back and let's chat. Um, what I've found in terms of that building a core relationship is it really sets the foundation of trust and authenticity. And and those are two of my core values, uh, you know, both personally and professionally, because I feel that sets the stage for something much deeper uh, and something much longer term where you view each other as trusted partners uh, Mm -hmm. versus just a transactional supplier of service or commodity XYZ. So I'm a big believer that saying no has an ROI of 5X or 10X uh, because that's proven itself uh, in in what I do here for a living. It's um, so interesting. I, yeah, I want to jump in because that's so Please. interesting. We, sp- we spoke with some folks last month about being your authentic self and showing up as the real you to work every single day and that that mm-hmm. has intrinsic value as well. I feel like you can't, 
necessarily say no to a client unless you are being like authentic and you and everything you're doing right because you're laying it all out on the table there's no smoke and mirrors there's no switch and bait it's like here's what we absolutely can provide for you a hundred percent here's what we can't like black and white everybody's on the same page absolutely and you know i as i said fostering relationships i think the power of human connections shapes everything we do you know, for all of us, whether it's our volunteer work, our personal relationships, our professional careers, the power of that human connection is ultimately how the world turns. And it doesn't matter what one does, but uh, certainly in in what I do, it manifests itself regularly. Um, and, and I'll keep coming back to the words trust and authenticity because that's that's how I roll. <laughs> and, and frankly, good attracts good. So, you know, not sheer coincidence most of the clients i have today that i'm blessed to have they also roll the same way in the spirit of trust and authenticity and making that a two-way relationship uh, where you can build something you know for the long term and you know while i'm thinking about that you know those relationships go so deep that regardless if you're with company abc today and company xyz tomorrow Mm -hmm. uh, buyers and sellers who've done work together in a very positive, they'll always find each other again. Yep. And I've seen that, you know, in terms of the services I provide, I've also seen that in terms of the buyers who procure consulting services as well. So another benefit of that relationship driven approach is an eye to that long game, regardless of the organization who you're associated with in, in the immediate term. Well, I appreciate you bringing this up because one of the things I wanted to ask about was like how you can have an impact on longevity of professional collaboration with clients and things like that. But what we tend to hear, or maybe we tend to think as a stereotype potentially here, but what we tend to think is that like the value of a relationship happens post-signing, post-execution of an SOW, anything leading up to that is just like figuring out where we stand and what we want to do. How is it that you can provide value before a contract is signed so that when a contract is signed and you're working together and now doing the work, there's not this hiccup or interruption. It's like, we're just continuing business as usual. How do you, how do you show value to a client, to a customer, to whatever they may be before you actually execute that contract? Mm-hmm. And, and my answer to this may be a bit counterintuitive, but it is listening. That's, that's the first concept that comes to mind It's just listen a ton. Because so many folks who may be looking for partners or vendors, they're constantly hearing pitches uh, from companies who are convinced they already have it figured out, Mm -hmm. right? So I have found the best tool prior to any sort of commercial conversations is to listen, you know, find out, hey, what is it that you're challenged with? Tell me, tell me where you're at, what's working, what's not, what does success look like for you? And hey, based on what you're saying, we've got some thought leadership pieces I might be able to share with you. Or do you want me to give you guys like a a 101 on carbon trading that just may help elevate your knowledge or your team's knowledge? And, And really getting to understand what it is that somebody's trying to accomplish, as I said, by listening more and talking much, much less, I have found that to be a very effective way of setting the foundation to then take the conversation to something more commercial. Does that answer your question, TJ? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because I I think it's just, as we think about the way to create longevity in a professional environment, I think that you're exactly right here. 
understanding all of the facts ahead of time means that you can actually deliver good work when the time comes. But that means you got to be ears open. And I think we all work in professional services. We all want to talk. We love to talk. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to swap your brain around. Yes, a hundred percent. And and just an anecdote from this past weekend, somebody was asking me about my my previous two weeks. And I said, well, I had to travel out of town for a couple of days. We hosted an executive forum. I had to take some out of town clients out for dinner. And somebody said, wow, that sounds so glorious. You're living this high life. And I said, it's it's fun, but you know, at the same time, it's very exhausting because you're always listening. You're always on. You want to pick up on all the little um, data points someone may provide or the hints of where someone may may need some help um but at the end of the day you you add that up and you come back and you you reflect on okay you know here's the five things i heard there's maybe three of these that warrant a follow-up conversation but one that's informed based on something that individual said to me versus me guessing on what they might want to hear about and it may be a subtle difference but the impact of that goes a long long way for sure. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and also one thing that that you said, Arjun, which is just being willing to listen more and talk less. And I think kind of being comfortable with who you are and, and leading with value from the outset also makes building relationships, you know, in business development, there's a lot of emphasis on sales and oftentimes quota and things of the like. But when you think, when you change your perspective and how you're thinking about all of that, thinking about, I'm just going to show up as myself. I'm going to add value. I'm going to listen for ways that I can be a better partner, whether or not they're actually one of my current clients. It also takes a little bit of pressure off and it makes it feel like you are building a friendship and a relationship with a person before you even have to have a conversation about a commercial partnership. 100%, right? And, and back to my earlier comment, um, good attracts good. And, and I find if you sort of get those those positive vibes and, and feelings going with people and you, and you kick it off on that right foot, uh, it really sets the stage for informal, frank and transparent conversations as you shift to something maybe a little bit more closer and refined to someone's portfolio uh, of accountabilities. And, you know, back to your comment about not wanting to sort of be salesy. Um, I, I, in fact, am allergic to being called a, a salesperson or someone okay. who's doing sales because I really see my role as helping my clients win, right? So my role is to put you on a pedestal. Uh, my role is to help you achieve success, whatever that looks like. It may be growing your bottom line revenue. It may be optimizing your operations. It may be giving your customers a brand new, exciting customer experience. Whatever that is, I'd love to play a role, small, medium, large, or exceptionally big in helping you win, right? And I see that as my role in business development as opposed to selling you something. And, And... and I wake up every morning and, and that's, you know, I'm looking at my notebook now is how can I help clients X, Y, Z with something they've identified? Can I help them win? And that's, that's how I approach my role and my relationships and often it works. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, and I, speaking from my, my own experience and working with clients, and I'm sure TJ would echo this too. When you build that trust from the outset, it also 
enables you to have that more consultative relationship and, and you can have very frank conversations and make recommendations to your client without it feeling threatening or personal in any way, because you have a mutual understanding of we're here to help one another. And that's what this is about. Um, and I think that that's been kind of leading with that relationship first approach. That's one of the most powerful outcomes I've seen personally. Fully aligned with everything you just said, Aubrey. We're speaking the same language. <laughs> I love it. Bing, bang, boom. We're done here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Arjun, um, when we were we were having some chats prior to our interview here today, you mentioned that you used to be kind of more on the buyer side of things. And now you've transitioned to more of the, while well, you say you're allergic to being called a salesperson, you're in more of a quote unquote seller or business development sure. role now, which gives you a unique perspective. So can you tell us a little bit about how people in business development can think more like a buyer and, and kind of have mm -hmm. more of a client's perspective when they, when they kind of approach their business development? Yeah, you bet. You know, as, as I sort of hinted at in my introduction, um, you know, if I look at my 25-year-ish career, uh, only two and a half have been on the seller side of the table. You know, so in my other roles, I was often a, a buyer or at least an influencer uh, of the procurement of services or tech platforms or something in that realm. So I still find myself um, always putting myself in the client's shoes, right? And when I say that, I go back to, okay, when I had this individual's role, what was I asking myself when I looked in the mirror? What was I thinking as I started my day, knowing I might need to help, right? So, you know, some of the questions I would ask myself back when I was a client are exactly what I ask myself now that I'm a provider, right? So, you know, a few examples, you know, how am I going to even deliver on these next initiatives? You know, the expectations of my leadership are so high. I've only got limited resources in terms of budget and people. Am I actually going to be able to find a partner that I can trust that can deliver and do it within the confines of the restrictions that I'm putting out here? You know, am I actually going to find that partner that walks the talk? There's a lot of great sales pitches out there, but can these guys or gals actually deliver on the work um are they going to stick around for the long term you know are these guys here to sell me one deal at a sweet price which seems almost to be true and then they disappear in the sunset i'm left holding the bag and having to redo a lot of work right so mm. um and then the last one would be am i actually going to find a vendor who's agile flexible and easy to work with you know often there's organizations that become rigid and slow and perhaps stuck in internal processes that need to be followed. But as a buyer of that, I'm not seeing that agility and rapid speed to market, right? So I just kind of went through a few of those questions there to let you know that's always the perspective I have is can I answer those questions? If I put myself in the shoes of the client, am I able to answer those questions crisply, concisely, and authentically? Right. And that last one, obviously, there is very key. And um, the one thing I'd add is because of the background that I have sort of been on the buyer side, I often find it immediately earns me a little bit more credibility, you know, right off the bat, because I yeah. can relate, 
you know, a little bit more in terms of, as I said, what they're thinking, what some of their constraints are, and ultimately what's going to make them look like a hero and a rock star, right? And if I find if I can relate to that, back to fostering that connection and trust, it gets the conversation going on the right foot fairly quickly. Sure, sure. Makes <clears throat> pardon. That makes a ton of sense to me. Um, you know, we've we've had the opportunity to partner with PS for several BD initiatives. Um, you know, the the main one being through our executive networks that we've done for a while now. And I guess I'm curious for your perspective as it pertains to your experience as a buyer now being in the we hate to say it seller side, um, but where <laughs> by by working with a third party like Pi or with any other third party, how does it strengthen your ability to deliver on everything that we've talked about? Or maybe do you have any parting advice you'd offer to other BD leaders as they're thinking about the current environment, April of 2023 and moving forward? Like, what are your parting words? What are your learnings through this situation? Yeah, no, I, I, you know, to be frank, I can't say enough great things about working with the Pi organization. You know, I, I, I truly feel I wouldn't have been able to achieve the success I've had in the last two years without Pi. Um, I always tell Gianna from your Pi team that she is mm -hmm. part of my BD team. You know, you, you guys, the, the playbook you have in terms of creating communities of individuals who actually want to spend time together, frankly, I think is brilliant. And, you know, you guys are constantly improving and refining your tactics and techniques and strategies around this. So, um, you know, to answer the first part of the question, um, I feel blessed to have been partnering with Pi. Uh, I'll go back to the word community. We've created a really tight knit group of executives who actually look forward to getting together every quarter. They know they're not going to hear the Arjun Dev, the sales pitch for 30 of the 60 minutes. Uh, and in fact, you know, an earlier comment I made was listen only. Uh, largely, these, these forums are around me listening and hearing folks chat uh, about their big rocks and big challenges. And then it positions me really, really well to come back for an informed, targeted conversation one-on-one -on -one outside of that group forum. And I feel it's just been such a good partnership. You know, you, you have an executive roundtable, you form a community, which fosters some relationships and mm -hmm. then sets the stage so well for the business development activities that can soon follow uh, from there. Um, so in, in terms of, I guess, parting advice, um, just a, a few things sort of come to mind. I would say, you know, focus on the long game always. Think about relationships that will span multiple years uh, versus just a very single deal centric approach. Mm -hmm. um, you know, power of saying no, we, we talked about that before. It's going to reap rewards a lot bigger than you may initially think when you sort of hear that advice. Um, being authentic, uh, I think, is key. And, you know, keep, keep things light and friendly. You know, we're all living in a stressful world, you know, you talked about being in April 2023. There's a lot of uncertainty. Folks have been dealing with inflation, mm -hmm. both commercially and personally on the home front. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty in the economy. There's some world events taking place, which are causing people to be a little bit more nervous about what their future looks like. So keep all these things in mind that folks have a lot on their mind. And I always view it as a privilege 
when somebody says, I will take an hour to grab a coffee with you, or I will take 30 minutes to have a Teams conversation with you, maximize that time, get the good vibes rolling, uh, and the commercial success will follow, assuming there's that great fit between what they need and what you can provide. Mm-hmm. And if it's not there, say no, say no and move on to that next conversation. Yep. Yep. Make it all good or just say no and stay friendly. I love that. Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, saying no and and then still maintaining a relationship with that person after the fact that that in itself can provide value that you will never really understand until it happens, whether it's through referrals or like you said, the long game of that person moving to another company where you might be able to have better alignment, um, but ultimately leading with the value, leading with the relationship first. And like you said, keeping it light and fun. There is a lot of stress out there right now. And I think it's always refreshing for people to come onto a team's call or whatever it may be and just feel like it's a human conversation. And it's not, hey, we have all these services we can provide to you, but hey, how are you? Are you going on any trips? in the coming months, you know, things like that, just making it feel like you're coming in as a human and not yeah. as, you know, a professional or a salesperson. Or how's, your, or how's your sports team doing? And then it kind of falls flat because the flames <laughs> are in the playoffs. Oh, you had to come back to that. <laughs> Sorry, I was a callback. I had to, I had uh, to. <laughs> you know, actually, you know, one one more thing I'd, I'd like to add in, in terms of the, the parting words or advice be really passionate in all in on what you're doing. And that doesn't, you know, whether you're in business development, you're on the client side, whatever it is, you know, I feel very fortunate. And I think everyone should be able to feel this way that you wake up in the morning and you look at your week ahead or your day ahead and you think, gosh, I can't wait to dive in to have that conversation. I can't wait to set aside that 90 minutes to do some strategic thinking and planning. I can't wait for this big event happening X number of weeks from now. I I think that passion is what can really help you come across as someone who's happy, who's motivated, and someone ultimately, as you said at the outset, you wanna be friends with, and you ultimately could enter into a commercial relationship with. So I I find that passion is so important regardless of, of what it is that you're doing. I agree to a hundred percent here. And sometimes that passion has to like light a fire. Like you said, at 7am in the morning, be like, you know what, I, we're going to get passionate about today and we're going to do it. We've taken up uh, the full amount of time with you today, Arjun. Thank you so much for, for your time, sharing some thoughts. I'm personally feeling motivated to go get on the phone and call a few people. Um, so, th- so thank you for your time, for sharing with us and your partnership um, with Pi. We appreciate you very much. Thank you. And it's it's an honor and a privilege to have had this call with you. So thank you for considering uh, my input and ideas. And I've had a lot of fun with this. So thank you very much. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Arjun. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast brought to you by Profitable Ideas Exchange. If you enjoyed the content in this month's discussion, please visit our blog at ProfitableIdeas.com or check out our books, Never Say Sell and How Clients Buy. Profitable Ideas Exchange, connecting powerful minds and making the world smarter and smaller.